Welcome to the 401k Audit CPA Success Show, where we're 100% focused on helping companies across the United States prepare for their 401k audit. If you have 100 eligible participants in your 401k plan, then this podcast is for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today, we are going to hit on a topic that we actually talked about, I think, maybe a year ago or maybe a couple of years ago. We're going to um, talk a little bit more about the SECURE Act. So I know there was an original passing of this in 2019, and they're actually thinking about passing a SECURE Act 2.0. So we're going to go into the details of what's in that current legislation. Obviously, it hasn't passed yet, but it's uh, definitely worth talking about so we can kind of get you ahead of that. So um, welcome to the show, Kim. Thanks, Jamie. Glad to be here. Um, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Um, this is a topic that it's uh, getting some attention from folks. Um, and we're going to talk about why here um, in a little bit, but um, it, it is something that you need to be aware of. As Jamie mentioned, it's not passed yet, so obviously subject to change, but um, very important. If it does pass, it'll probably become effective pretty quickly. So we wanted to kind of get ahead of it and let everybody know that this is potentially coming. Um, we thought we'd start off talking about the actual legislation that did pass, the SECURE Act 1.0, or <laughs> it's actually called the SECURE Act, um, passed in 2019. That It stands for setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Of course, Congress has come up with some big long name, you know, that gets abbreviated. And so we'll never talk about that again. It'll always just be the SECURE Act. Now, the SECURE Act, when it uh, was passed in 2019, most of it um, came into effect either at the very end of 19. We're going to talk a little bit about this as we kind of go through each um, section of it really quickly. Some of it in 2020. So it's it's kind of all over the place. There's, there's not like one rule. So... Um, so that we go through the components of this because the SECURE Act 2.0 follows along with this um, act that's actually been passed. And, and you'll see as we get into the 2.0 why it's important to understand the first part of it. Um, the first part of it that got a lot of attention is that it allows multiple plans to pool together um, to join a pooled account. So the thinking there from Congress was that small employers that um, they want to offer 401k plan, but the administrative costs are too expensive. If they could pool together, they could share the expenses, um, you know, and get a, a better plan for their employees without the added cost. Um, that would be effective after 1231.20. So it's it's in play now. Um, that got a lot of attention because obviously that would allow more players in this space. Um, second thing is it changed the automatic enrollment cap from 10 to 15% of pay. Um, that became effective beginning in 2020. Uh, so if you, in your plan, say if you participate, we're gonna raise your deferral percentage. So you're gonna go from a 5% deferral to 6% to 7% to 8%. You know, a percentage usually is what they do each year. Uh, was capped at 10, this is gonna change it to 15%. Um, there were some safe harbor changes. I'm not gonna go into those because they're, they only apply if you're um, safe harbor. Um, then there were some tax credits that happened as part of this. Again, incentives to small businesses to set up 401k plans for their employers. So there was increasing credits to small plans to start a, a 401k plan and then a new tax credit up to $500 if you started a plan and added the auto enrollment. So auto enrollment 
means more people will will be enrolled in the plan because you're automatically putting in the plan unless a person um, they have to physically decline it versus actually physically enrolling in it. Now, the, the big thing, though, that I think most people need to really pay attention, unless you're a small plan and, or a small company and you don't have a 401k plan, then that first item we talked about is probably more important. But if you're a business that has either part-time employees, um, that's the big one, but you, it also impacts if you have seasonal employees or if you have employees that maybe kind of come and go a lot, so they're with you for a while, um, then either they leave on their own or maybe you have some um, fluctuations in employment needs so you let them go and then the business picks back up again and they come back so if you have people coming and going for any of those reasons the rules have been that unless they work a thousand hours per year in general you know you you didn't need to offer the plan to them so we have a lot of people that say well my plan rules are blah 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 whatever they are except for part-time people, you know, of course they're not eligible. Uh, this changes that. You now have to have uh, a two-part eligibility requirement. So one requirement for full-time staff, which you can set, there's a lot of variations there, but you also have to have this second uh, option for these part-time seasonal, et cetera, employees. If they work more than 500 hours of service in a year for three consecutive years, then you have to offer the plan to them. Um, the reason that I make such a big deal about this is because it will go in effect beginning now, 2021. So it started for years after 1231-20, not in the sense that you have to start offering them enrollment, but you have to start tracking. So in three years, potentially, if you had employees that hit that 500 hour mark, then you're going to have to offer the plan to them. And you're going to have to track because if somebody comes to you and says, hey, I'm, I'm eligible for the plan, why didn't you offer it to me, you're going to be have to be able to prove that you shouldn't have that they didn't hit that mark, or vice versa, you know, that you have to be able to prove you did offer it. If, if they hit the mark. So, um, you know, we're not sure payroll companies are set up to handle this. Uh, it may be a manual tracking on your part. Uh, might be a bunch of spreadsheets or, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how people are gonna do it, but you're gonna have to start tracking and you don't wanna go, uh, when this actually hits the three-year point, then all of a sudden you gotta go back and try to figure it out. That'd be a nightmare, uh, especially if you got people coming and going a lot. So. Um, so we really wanted people to be aware of that. So keep that in the back of your mind. Three years consecutive, 500 hours. Um, and, and just a reminder, so we did do this podcast. I went back and looked while you were speaking, and we did it in February 17th of 2020. So it was a little more than a year ago. So um, we spent a good 25 minutes talking about this. So if you um, want more information on it, you can go uh, dig that podcast out of the archives. So um, there's a lot of information on there. So my, my yeah. next question to you, Kim, is so with this next one, what um, – why, why are we adding more to this? What did Congress decide we're missing or why do we need to do more here? Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of speculative reasons. Um, and I never like to get into politics uh, when you're, <laughs> when you're in, in the work setting, but you know, it is Congress, so you can't, you can't help yourself here. <laughs> right. but, um, there's a speculation that some of the, and this is the, the House of Representatives would be the one you know, putting this forward. And okay. they have actually already put it out there. So it's, it's not like this is all just in the, you know, in the, in the vaporware somewhere. This has actually been proposed. Um, but there's speculation that 
some of them think this is going to help get them basically reelected. You know, that in their district, um, this is a big issue, um, the retirement piece of it. Um, the other thing that, that definitely is on everybody's mind, uh, you know, we just, I don't know if you want to say came out of the pandemic or we're coming out of the pandemic. Or, Trying to come out of the uh, pandemic. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're, yeah, we're all fingers crossed hoping we're uh, getting to the end of it. But um, we all know 2020 was a tough year. And then even into 2021, again, depending on what business you're in and, and what part of the country you're in. Um, and so for a lot of whether it's uh, from a business, you know, an employer standpoint, looking at their employees or whether it's individual employees, or in this case, it would be participants in a 401k plan, which, of course, are constituents. Again, you got to remember this is Congress here. Um, a lot of people were really struggling financially. So they were having trouble. How do I how do I pay my bills? How do I pay my rent or um, keep my mortgage going? Um, you know, I've, I've got kids home from school. And so now how do I, am I juggling my job? And maybe you, you had uh, people getting furloughed or, or laid off or even their employment terminated. I mean, there was all kinds of things going on from an employment standpoint. And so it was difficult for people just to make ends meet. So they were not, you know, contributing to the plan. So there's a lot of statistics out there of just, almost decimation for um, people putting into contributing to their 401k plans. And of course, that will cause problems on down the line, because if you're not contributing early on, and we've talked about this in earlier podcasts, uh, you really need to start contributing early and let that be accumulating, you know, over years and years and years. So anytime that that accumulation gets interrupted, uh, it causes big problems when you get to the end and you're trying to retire. And the other thing that happened, we know the market was just up, down and all over the place. Uh, so that impacted anybody who's maybe they were continuing on to contribute or maybe not, but they had money in a plan, those fluctuations, of course, impacted earnings. So I think Congress just kind of looked back and said, you know, we know there's a shortfall anyways. When you look at people getting ready to retire, there aren't defined benefit plans anymore. Uh, we all, and again, I don't want to get into the politics of it, but we're unsure about Social Security, don't know what's going to happen there. Probably in the best case scenario, there may still be Social Security, but it'll be at a either much later point in your life or a much smaller amount or both. Um, in either case, you're looking at a whole lot of people retiring in the future with not a lot of money um, to keep them going um, post-retirement. And so that's why 401ks were set up in the first place, but this doesn't help fill that short gap. If people aren't contributing, their, their money you know, isn't earning over a, their lifetime, you know, any of that gets interrupted, it causes problems. So that's really why um, the Secure Act got started, and then this is the Secure Act 2.0, is partly to help with that situation. Uh, it's partly just political reasons. Um, I think it's also the folks that sponsored the Secure Act uh, in the beginning, the original one, wanted it to go further. But it, you know how the congressional yeah. <laughs> stuff works. It's, you know, you never get everything. So this is, I'm coming back for another bite of the apple kind of thing too, I think is, is part of the reason. Yes, that makes sense. You know, obviously they want to um, increase, the, increase the contributions. So we're um, taking a little further. So what, are the, what does the act currently look like? And what are some of the provisions that we need to keep an eye out for? 
Yeah, so the, uh, the, the tentative name, and again, this has not been passed, so uh, all of this is subject to change. The tentative act is called Securing a Strong Retirement Act of, of 2020, because it was actually first introduced in October of 2020. And um, a lot of people thought that uh, this would actually get passed in 2020. There was a big push, and they thought maybe when we get to the end of the year, you know how the Congress tries to do one last big act and they kind of throw everything in in the end or in that last ditch um, effort. And a lot of times it's a it's a budget act and then they'll throw a bunch of stuff in. They thought maybe this would get um, put in there, but it didn't. Uh, it, it did not get, um, you know, finalized or anything. So it's still out there. Um, it's, you know, it, it's still definitely on the radar. Definitely people pushing for it. Um, the people in the know that that really uh, look at this and spend a lot of time talking to the uh, the congressional folks um, really feel like 2021 is, is going to be the year. Now we'll see. We're not quite to the halfway point in 2021. Um, I think a lot's going to have to do with, you know, the pandemic, as we mentioned, if, you know, we need to you know, Congress feels like they need to put more money into that, or there, and there's other bills out there, obviously, that um, the president and some of his staff have been talking about. So it just kind of depends on, can they put this in with something else? Can they, um, is there going to be money left for this? Um, and we're going to kind of talk about, um, you know, why it hasn't passed, and part of it's a money thing, too. So, um, so let's get to that at the end here, but for right now, let's talk about what are they proposing to be in this? And we're calling it again, Secure 2.0. First thing that's been very popular and, and you've hear, heard a lot in the news about student loans. So a lot of pressure for those folks who um, maybe have already graduated college and they're young 20, 30 somethings who have these huge uh, debt out there. And so, you know, here I hit the pandemic. And so now I might have job maybe is in jeopardy or had reduced hours or whatever. And, uh, and now I got this big, huge loan out here. How do I get that paid off? And oh, and I'm supposed to be saving for retirement. And how in the world am I going to do all of that? So uh, one of the big proposals here is to help with that. So um, don't know all of the specifics exactly, but the um, what everybody's thinking is that it would allow the um, participant, or in this case, employee, to make their payment to the loan, whatever that would look like in a, in a month or however they pay it off. And then the employer would treat that like a contribution to the 401k, even though it's not, it's obviously a payment going towards the loan. But so let's say you had a hundred dollar payment um, and the employer was going to match 50%, they would normally be matching a 50, $50. So $150 would go into the participant's account. In this case, the hundred dollars would go to pay the loan. The $50, the employer would contribute to the uh, to the an account for the participant, um, and it would um, so it would help the employee to be saving for retirement um, while they're still paying down their loans. So very popular um, provision. Uh, there's a lot of support for it, and it's one way to help with the student loan situation without Congress having to fund a bunch of you know a bunch <laughs> of it because the employer would fund it. So. Um, not sure what you know how employers are going to feel about it um, because it's a match, not really a match, and um, there's implications too for it. Um, so again, not not sure exactly where it's going to go, but um, but that's definitely something that we think will probably go. If this act goes, that'll probably go because um, it's been very popular. There's so, also been 
just to oh, make sure I'm, I'm, I'm just make sure I'm clear on it. So basically any, if I put money into my paying off my loan, so like you said, I put a hundred dollars into paying off my loan, the match goes to my 401k, not to my loan. Correct. Okay. Correct. Mm -hmm. okay. And it would follow whatever the match formula is already existing right. in the plan. Okay. So whatever match you would have gotten, had that money going onto your plan, um, you would get that same match and all the other rules are the same. I mean, it doesn't change yeah. anything with regard to the plan. Got it. Um, and it's uh, there is an IRS ruling around allowing people to do this already in plans. It's not really kind of authoritative guidance. Someone submitted a situation and the IRS allowed that to go ahead. So they're saying we can't say this is OK for everybody, but you can already see the push for employers going down this path. So Makes we sense. definitely think this will be probably included if, if the act actually ever does pass. Um, second thing um, is that all new plans would have to be auto enrollment plans. Um, this is a little bit different because we've had auto enrollment before, but it's never been required. So this would actually require the auto enrollment. It would start at 3%. Um, it would go up to um, 10%, um, but would allow for employees to opt out, which of course um, is always true with the auto enrollment. And it would allow plans that are already in place that don't have auto enrollment, you would not have to implement it. So if you're already there, you can leave it the way it is. But if you set up a new plan, you have to do the auto enrollment. So for, um, new, for newer businesses or businesses that, you know, right now might be thinking, oh, it might be time to get a 401k plan. If this, if this passes, you will be required to do auto enrollment going forward. Right, okay. right. And the SECURE Act has some credits that you can get back for setting up plans with auto enrollment. So it's kind of a, <laughs> you know, incenting, <laughs> incenting you all the way around to do it that way. Um, this would increase uh, also the required minimum distribution age up to six, 75. It was 70 and a half. Um, with provisions, other provisions that went to 72. And then we had with um, some of the COVID things that happened, the CARES Act, it was kind of waiving RMDs for a while. And so now this would raise it up to 75. There's a lot of different opinions on this one. Um, you know, you, you, you kind of got, there's, there's mixed things going on. You've got folks living longer. So it's, we don't really want you to use up your retirement savings and then you got another 10, 15 years of life and how are you, <laughs> how are you gonna fund that? Um, people are living longer and living healthier longer. So, you know, they might wanna spread that money out because they really could use it to, to do fun things and, you know, things that they saved up for all their life. So, um, so there's kind of that school of thought. There's also the school of thought that from a tax standpoint, um, the IRS doesn't like this because it's delaying. The, the whole point of the required minimum distribution is, you know, you probably put that money in your 401k pre-tax, so no tax was ever paid on it. The IRS is fine with that, but once you hit retirement, they want you to start, you know, start paying some tax on that money. So the longer you leave it, that's another problem with this act is that um, it's, it's a not a good impact on the overall, you know, trying to balance the budget thing. So, so that's kind of a controversial piece, but um, 
there's mixed mixed feelings. Um, it also would increase the catch-up contribution limit as employees reach the retirement age. So again, recognize the fact we had COVID. Um, for those people that are getting really close to retirement and they're trying to get as much money in, in their plan as they can. And, and I had a setback last year potentially because maybe my hours got cut or I lost my job. Or So it's once you hit the age 60 uh, going forward, the limit will go up currently from 6,500 to 10,000. So it gives you a little bit more room that you can contribute a little bit more. Um, I don't think there's much controversy on that one. Um, big thing here, this is the big one, I think, for people. And, and we just mentioned this, the part-time folks, 500 hours in each of the three years, potentially this would change it to two. <laughs> so if, depending on when this would get issued, um, when things would become effective, potentially in next year, by the end of next year, um, you know, it would be the next year. So it would be 2023, um, the beginning of 2023, potentially, you could have to start letting all these part-time people in and you would have had to track their hours. And um, so, you know, I think people are looking at, oh, three years, I got plenty of time. But <laughs> this, this could really force your hand and make you, um, you know, <laughs> have to be doing it really quickly. And if you figure we may not know if this passes till the end of the year. You've already blown a year of time that should have been tracking. And now you've only got a year to get this all set up. So uh, that's really why I wanted to bring this up. Um, if we know the SECURE Act, that's the initial one, SECURE Act 1.0 is in effect. It's definitely happening. The three-year thing is happening. You know, they're not going to change that. Um, this would just make it worse because it would make you have to do it sooner. So um, my recommendation is get on it, start tracking now because it's not, it's not going to get better. It potentially could only get, could only get and worse. And you know, anytime you have to implement a process like that, there's always going to be bumps along the way. So you want to make sure you get those bumps ironed out. Um, and again, like you said, if they move it up to two years and you're going to have to figure that out. And if it's the three years, you want to get those bumps ironed out right away. So I think it's a, it's a right. great advice. And I think, you, like you said, if it's the one thing people catch in this podcast, it's probably the thing is to make sure you're, you're tracking those hours. Yeah. And it's, uh, I mean, you know, your business, um, if you're pretty stable employment, maybe this isn't that big of a deal for you. You don't have that many part-time people, but there's a lot of business. We have a lot of clients that have seasonal employees. They have a lot of in and outs, um, you know, hires and terms and, um, a lot of part-time people. So kind of depends on your business, whether that's a big deal or not. Um, the other things are not, they're not big deal. There's this disclosure change. It may make it a little bit easier for administration. I think everybody's would like that. Um, it expands some of the um, involuntary correction programs that, that the IRS has, which are helpful. And we've talked about on other podcasts, some of those um, correction programs. So I'm not gonna go into a lot of detail here. We don't know exactly what it would look like, but. But that would be a good thing. I mean, I don't think anybody would be arguing those. And it allows for plans um, to be amended um, by the end of, um, I've got 2020 on here. I'm not sure that's right. But there, it would change when the plan amendments have to be done. Because all of these acts that we've been talking about, the CARES Act, the SECURE Act, et cetera, require you to amend your plan. But most of these allow you to do it later. So they're giving you a little bit of time. You can implement now and officially amend your plan a little later. So it gives you a little bit more time for that. So um, 
you're all saying, why do I care about this? Is it going to pass or not? <laughs> um, best guess, current thinking, is that it is expected um, to pass during 2021. Um, not sure exactly when, but that is the, the insiders that, that are talking to Congress. It's a big deal for them. Um, I think they've got... Uh, you know, those elections that happen on the congressional cycle, I believe, is next year. So I think they want to get this in and be able to tout, look what I did for you. Um, so most bets are that it's going to probably pass during 2021. And the current expectation um, is that it would become effective 1-1-2022. Uh, so that's not that far away, really. Yeah, um, that's <laughs> you right know, around the corner. <laughs> yeah, when we, when we start talking about uh, this could have a big impact on your administration. Now, you know, why, why isn't already there? Why if it's everybody so big on it? Why is it not already passed? Um, what happens when you... Uh, put uh, forward a bill like this, it has an impact on the budget. So um, what happens is it has to go to what's called the Congressional Budget Office, and they have to do um, a process, and I forget the name of that, but they have to go through and kind of like score it and say, um, based on whatever the provisions are that they're given, so whatever that looks like, um, we estimate the hit to the, to the bottom line for the country is an up of so much, or is going to cost us, you know, a negative of so much. Um, and it, of course, there's probably back and forth and everything else. They expect this will be a hit to the bottom line. Um, so it's going to cost taxpayers um, money. Uh, and I mentioned like the increasing the RMD age is it is a hit because that would be money coming into the treasury that they could use now, which of course you're delaying it potentially almost five years. So you know, that would be a hit over those five years. And we're already a hit to the treasury because of the pandemic and people not, not, being, not having income tax payments because they lost their job or, you know, whatever the pandemic did to their salary. So, um, so there's a lot of question about, this is a great idea, everybody loves it, but how are we gonna pay for it? And that's the unknown at this point. And um, the research I did shows it's still with this group, this budget office. So they've got to come back with the number. And then once they do that, then it's up to Congress to say, okay, so so now here's what we're proposing. And that would change potentially what goes in the law. So they may say, we love everything. We clearly can't afford it. So we'll slap out that RMD piece. And then that would make the number come down to an acceptable level. You know, that would be an example of yeah. something they could do. Um, so that's, that's where it's set. So if, if they can get that over that hurdle, um, that, like I said, there's already, this is already out there. It's not like they got to draft it up. It's already there. They would just have to finalize it and then put it forward for a vote. So probably pretty close. Um, so. Yeah, no, I think that's, um, yeah. So like you said, it's, it's next year, beginning of next year would be a big a turnaround. So I think this, I think the biggest thing is to kind of keep your ears to the street and we'll, we'll keep, if we, as we do this podcast, if we hear that it passes, we'll obviously do it, do an update along the way. But I think a, a lot of, a lot of big changes there, you know, I, I know the, the couple of things you went to, there was a couple that jumped out to me, obviously that we'll have to keep an eye on and would definitely change the way you're um, administrating a plan, especially, you know, the kind of the big two you talked about there. Um, so I think mm -hmm. that's um, great information. I want to throw our email address out there. So we're always looking for new topics. Um, I haven't had many guests on this show. So if anybody wants to be a guest, we'd love to have them jump onto this um, podcast. But, um, you know, the email address is audit at summitcpa.net. 
Again, audit, A-U-D-I-T at S-U-M-M-I-T, C-P-A dot N-E-T. So we'd love to have you on the show. Or again, we're always looking for new topics. I know um, this was a big one. I'm sure a lot of people will listen to this one because it's uh, something that's out there. And anytime things that are unknown, the more information you can get about them really helps. So um, Kim, definitely appreciate all the information you provide. Any kind of final thoughts for our listeners? No, I don't think so. As you mentioned, we'll, we'll kind of keep watching. And if um, we hear anything, we'll let you know. I also do a blog weekly so we'll put it out there in the blog as well so kind of take a look at that and be watching and um, that'll that's probably where we'll put it first if we hear anything um, or any updates if I'm hearing you know it's it's going through the process and there's these changes we'll be putting that out in the blog so check that as well and um, but we'll keep you posted great well as always I appreciate all your information and I'm sure our listeners do as well thanks Jamie thanks Thank everybody you. for listening Enjoyed this episode? Visit our website at summitcpa.net to get more tips and strategies for achieving 401k audit success. We're here to be a resource with ever-changing rules and regulations.